<laughs> There's a balloon that's falling behind you. It's very funny. The words? A balloon <laughs> is, is moving around in the screen behind you. It's the ghost of Luis Gonzaga. Ave Maria. Lampion, tá aqui em casa reclamando que eu não tô falando direito. Juliana Cantarelli Vita. And I'm Skylar Weldon. This is Massa, a podcast about Brazilian music and culture. Juliana and I are musicians and music professors. In each episode, we dive into a specific genre, song, artist, or issue in Brazilian music to try to understand how it works and what it means. Hi, Skyler. Hi, Juliana. You know how sometimes as a way of getting into a particular genre or music tradition, we share a popular song that references that genre, either lyrically or rhythmically or in some other way? I do. I'd like to do that today, if I may. Sure. So let's listen to the song Sebastiana as interpreted by Gal Costa in 1969. Sebastiana, pra dançar um chachado na Paraíba. Ela vem com a dança diferente e pulava que nem uma bariba. Ela vem com a dança diferente e pulava que nem uma bariba. E gritava A, R, O, Y. E gritava A, R, O, Y. Já cansada no meio da brincadeira. E dançando fora do compasso, segurei Bastiana pelo braço e gritei: Não faça sujeira um chachado que entrou na gapieira. Sebastiana não deu mais fraca. Whoa, I'm familiar with that song, but this version is pretty different. Right? But Skylar, what is our focus in these episodes? Uh, collectively, these few episodes are about the genre called foha, which is an umbrella term for a number of northeastern dance rhythms that are traditionally played by an ensemble of accordion, triangle, and the bass drum, zabumba. Nice definition. Now, show me where in the song I can hear any of those instruments or rhythms. You got me. I can't do it. <laughs> I know you are a Gal Costa fan, but this is taking things a little too far. Hold on. Let's look at the lyrics. She says, Convidei a comadre Sebastiana para dançar e achachar na Paraíba. Ela veio com uma dança diferente e pulava que só uma guariba. E gritava A, E, I, O, U, Y. <laughs> okay, that all translates to I invited our neighbor Sebastiana to dance and shasha. Oh, 
I see. Well, finish the translation. Right. So, I invited our neighbor Sebastiana to dance and shasha in Paraíba. She arrived with a different kind of dance and jumped like a monkey and yelled, A-E-I-O-U-Y. <laughs> so, today's episode is about a dance called Shashadu, when the singer invites Sebastiana to the party in Paraíba, which is a state in the Brazilian Northeast, just to the north of Pernambuco. The plan is to dance the shashadu or shashach. But to be clear, this is not a shashadu. Nope. It's a rock song or something. Yeah. I mean, this album was recorded and released in the late 1960s as part of the artistic movement called Tropicalia. And there are a few interesting resonances with the shashadu that we can pick out here. But maybe we should talk about the shashadu first? Probably a good idea. So let's say goodbye to Gal Costa for now. Bye, Gal. We'll see her again later in the episode. For now, let's dive into the history and characteristics of the shashadu. We're lucky enough to have the accordion player and forró historian Julinho Mendes with us again. Meu nome é Julio César Mendes. My name is Julio César Mendes. My family and friends know me as Julinho, which is the diminutive of my name. I play accordion, and here in Brazil, in the Northeast region, the accordion is called sanfona. One of the good things about Shashadu is that we have a pretty clear sense of where it comes from. And not only that, but the history of the genre is recounted in song. A few songs, actually. So let's talk about the history of the tradition through the lyrics of a couple of these. And then we'll dive even deeper into the third, looking at the rhythms and other musical characteristics. First up is the Luis Gonzaga classic Shashadu, which he composed with Ereve Cordovil in the early 1950s. Chachado é dança macho dos cabras de lampião. Chachachachachado vem lá do sertão. Chachado é dança macho dos cabras de lampião. Chachachachachado vem lá do sertão. Chachado meu bem chachado. Chachado vem do sertão. É dança dos cangaceiros dos cabras de lampião. É dança dos cangaceiros dos cabras de lampião. Quando eu entro no chachado é meu Deus, eu não paro não. Chachado é dança macho, primo do baião. Quando eu entro no chachado, ai meu Deus, eu não paro não. Chachado é dança macho, primo do baião. Chachado, meu bem chachado, chachado vem do sertão. É dança dos cangaceiros, dos cabras e lampião. É dança dos cangaceiros, dos cabras e So the lyrics say, Chachado é dança macha dos cabras de Lampião. Chachado vem lá do sertão. Which means, Chachado is a manly dance from Lampião's gang. Chachado comes from the sertão. Gonzaga mostly repeats himself, but he does add later that it's, quote, a dance of the cangaceiros, and also that it's cousin of the baião. All right, let's explain all of these terms, shall we? Yes. <laughs> Cangaceiro refers to groups of nomadic bandits that, in the 19th and early 20th century, roamed throughout the Sertão, which is the arid interior of the northeast region of Brazil. As we've mentioned before, this region existed in a kind of semi-feudalism during this time, with coronage, controlling large swaths of land that the rural working poor farmed. The cangaceiros were known to rob and extort the wealthy landowners and treat the poor relatively well. 
The poor, in turn, protected the cangaceros and hid them from the police bands that sought to arrest or kill them. Brian McKen calls them ambiguous folk heroes, which seems about right. Lampion, the guy that Gonzaga is singing about, is the most famous cangacero of them all. He's actually been compared to Robin Hood. Yeah. So what are Lampion's origins? Lampion grew up poor in the Sertão. When he was very young, he witnessed the police murder his parents. Part of the lore around him is how he, he was fighting for, for justice or he, he was kind of this folk hero who was relying on violence because of the violence that he faced when he was just a little boy who had to fend for himself in, in the Sertão. So Lampion and his crew roved around the Northeast, stealing from the coronage or the landowners and keeping some for themselves, obviously, but also distributing among the poor. And they didn't really have a home base. They would stay with um, people in all of these small villages throughout the Northeast. When my grandmother was a little girl in the 1920s or 30s, she was living in the Zetão. She was born and raised there. One night, the cangaceros were passing through her village. They decided to stop and rest. They all picked different places to stay. Lampion stayed at my grandmother's house. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she even kept the sheets that he used that night for ears, though they were lost before I got to see them. Oh, that's too bad. Totally. Anyway, the bandits and his crew were called Cabres. The lyrics say that the chachado is a manly dance that comes from Lampion and his cabres. Traditionally, the chachado is danced only by men who hold their rifle in their left arm as they dance. The gun takes the place of the woman in the dance. Hence... Manly, I guess. Yeah, if you're into toxic masculinity. Yeah, well, as the story goes, Lampion either really liked to dance the chachado or he invented it. He hosted huge dance parties in addition to his banditry, and these seem to have contributed to the popularization of the chachado. And when Luis Gonzaga started to record chachados in Rio de Janeiro in the 1940s and 50s, he spread this idea. Lampion and the cangaceros were important to Gonzaga's career in other ways, too. One of the distinguishing features of the cangaceros was their leather hats, which were turned up in the front and the back and decorated with ornate stitching and metalwork. When Luis Gonzaga was first establishing his career in Rio as a fojoseiro, even before that term was being used, he started wearing one of these hats, along with the leather clothing associated with Northeastern cowboys. And all of this signified a kind of Northeastern identity through clothing. Gonzaga adopted this combination of clothing very intentionally. It wasn't his usual outfit, but something that he did to draw attention to the regional specificity of his performance. And it might be an invention, but it worked. The cangaceiro hat has become a standard uniform in, in lots of forró ensembles. So let's listen to another chachado that goes into some of this story. Great. This is Olha Pisada by Luis Gonzaga and Zé Dantas. Actually, let's pause right there. Okay. Because the song actually starts with a quotation of a different song. Right. It's a traditional toada or tune called Mulher Rendeira that some say was composed by Lampion. It's tough to know for sure because the history is so mixed up with popular myths. But again, we can safely say that it's associated with Lampion. And there's even a recording of one of Lampion's cabras, 
a man named Volta Seca singing it. So let's listen to a bit. Ole mulendera, ole mulenda, ya pequena vai no porto, a maior vai no boná. Se chorar por mim, não fica só se eu não puder levar. O fuzil de lampião tem cinco laços de fita. No lugar que ele habita, num fartamo sabonito. Wow, that's amazing that we have access to that recording. Mm-hmm. The song is about a hendeira, a woman who makes things out of lace. The lyrics are different from version to version, but here there seems to be a reference to the monetary aspect of the cangaceiros' lives. Yeah, the second stanza is, a little goes in your pocket, most goes in the sack. I don't know if this is about wealth sharing or something else. And of course, there is a reference to Lampion's rifle. I think the main point is that this is a song that comes directly from the cangaceiros. And it reflects the importance of the improvised poetic tradition in that part of Brazil. This is something we highlighted in episode 8, which deals with the poetry of Maracatu de Baguizoto. Here's what Julinho had to say about this song. Mulher Rendeira is a poem of the public domain that is related to what was sung and improvised by the cangaceiros. This poetry thing here in the Sertão is big. Almost everyone is a poet. Everyone improvises poetry. Everyone has a strong link with poetry, and it's possible that they also had that. This song became famous beyond this context when a version of it was featured in Lima Barreto's 1953 film O Cangaceiro. That film is not the only one that drew on the stories of Lampião and the Cangaceiros during the mid-20th century. Another famous example is the 1964 film Deus e o Diabo na Terra do Sol, directed by Glaube Rocha. I didn't know you'd seen that. I haven't. (laughs) Well, it's recommended. For those seeking it out, the English language title is Black God, White Devil. Well, a film that was released in this millennium is Gela Haiz's Walto da Compadecida, known as A Dog's Will in English. You can see a representation of the Cangaceiro life there, too. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Aha! But I will, maybe even before this episode comes out. Okay. Um, can we go back to music? This isn't a film podcast. <laughs> sure. Assim era que cantava os cabras de Lampião, dançando e chachando nos forró do sertão, entrando numa cidade ao sair de um povoado, cantando a rendeira, se danavam no chachado. Eu que me criei na pisada, vendo os cangaceiros na pisada, danço com sucesso na pisada de Lampião. Okay, so Luis Gonzaga starts by quoting Mulher Rendeira. Then he sings, Thus sang the cabras of Lampião, dancing the chachado in the forros of the sertão, entering a city after leaving a village, singing of the rendeira. Having a heck of a time in the chachado. So again, we have the chachado as the musical backdrop of the cangaceiro parties. Exactly. Gonzaga goes on to say that he was raised on the dance steps, seeing the cangaceiros doing the steps. Look at Lampion's dance steps. Now, this isn't strictly 
true. Though Gonzaga was fascinated by Kangaseiru mythology as a child, we don't have any evidence of him ever being around Lempion or his gang at any point. But he certainly knew how to dance Shashado and could imagine these groups doing so. Speaking of which, we'll link to a video if you want to see what the Shashado steps that Gonzaga is singing about actually look like. But to give you an idea, the dancer uses their right foot to stomp on the ground rhythmically and sometimes crosses that foot over their left leg, which remains straight up and down. This stomping is what Gonzaga references when he sings Tum Tum Tum. We talked about Tum 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 in the last episode. Yeah, lots of Tum Tum Tums in Faha music. Yeah. The next part of this song returns to the story of Lempio. In Pernambuco, ele nasceu. Lá no Sergipe, ele morreu. O seu reinado a ninguém deu. Mas o chachado tem que ser meu tempo. Tem que ser meu tempo. Tem que ser meu. Olha a pisada. Olha a pisada. Olha a pisada. Olha a pisada de Lampião. He says, in Pernambuco, he was born. In Sergipe, he died. He gave his kingdom to no one, but the Shashadu has to be mine. Lampion did indeed die in July of 1938 in Sergipe, killed along with his wife, Maria Bonita, and many others by police. The story of their assassination is an important one, but it's pretty gruesome. So skip ahead 30 seconds if that's not something you can or want to hear. It seems that Lampio and Maria Bonita and a group of 50 or so cangaceros were ambushed in a cave and killed. The authorities then beheaded them and displayed their heads publicly as a warning against rebellion or other uprisings. The severed heads were on display in a museum in Salvador, Bahia, for the following 30 years before they were finally given a burial. Horrible. It's part of Brazil's very troubling history of violent repression of marginalized voices. Of course, Luis Gonzaga doesn't get into those details in this song, but he does draw connections to Lampion by claiming the Chachado as his own. It's kind of a fitting baton passing that he's suggesting, given that nowadays the Chachado is associated with Lampion and Luis Gonzaga. Yeah, I feel like we're ready to go a little deeper on the musical qualities of the Shashadu. Me too. Let's take a look at what might be the most famous of Gonzaga's Shashadus. Of course, he didn't actually write it, but his version is best known. It's called Oye o Aqui de Novo, and the composer is Antonio Barros. Vou mostrar pra esses cabras que eu ainda dou do couro. Isso é um desaforo que eu não posso levar. Vai eu aqui de novo, cantando, vai eu aqui de novo, chachando, vai eu aqui de novo, mostrando como se deve chachar. Vem cá, morena linda, vestida de chita, você é a mais bonita desse meu lugar. Vai chamar Maria, chama Luzia, vai chamar Zabé, chama Reque, diz que eu tô aqui com alegria, seja noite ou seja dia, eu tô aqui pra ensinar. Chachá, 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 eu tô aqui pra ensinar. Vai eu aqui de novo. Chachá, vai eu aqui de novo. Para Chachá, vai eu aqui de novo. Chachá, vai eu aqui de novo. Para Chachá, vai eu aqui 
The refrain lyrics are quite straightforward. He sings, Look at me over here, dancing the shashado. Look at me over here to dance the shashado. It's so common for these songs to be about <laughs> the dance rhythms themselves. Yeah, well, think about it. These are traditional dances communicated orally. So having a little built-in description can keep people on the same page. Not everyone is as trained as our audience in picking out specific rhythms. Speaking of which, the rhythm of the shashado is pretty important and ties in with this chorus lyric to some degree. Let's demonstrate. Like the shochi, the shashado is characterized by the rhythmic pattern played on the zabumba. As we explained in our Festa Juninas episode, the zabumba is a double-headed shallow bass drum. The top of the drum is played with a mallet called pirulitu, either in open strokes or closed strokes. The difference between that boomy open stroke and the pointed, closed, or muted stroke is part of what gives these rhythms their characteristic propulsion. Exactly. The bottom head is played with a thin stick called bacalhau and has a higher pitched sound. The most recognizable element of the shashadu rhythm happens in what you play with the pirulitu, right? Yeah. The rhythm sounds like this. One way to think of this rhythm is as an asymmetrical timeline, which is to say it's a series of beats that divide the eight pulse rhythmic cycle unevenly. Right. Instead of dividing eight into two or four, it's divided into segments of three pulses, three pulses, two pulses. That's why some people call this a three plus three plus two rhythm. One two three one two three one two 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 one. This rhythm is fairly common in Latin American music. Yes, we'll hear it prominently in the coco music we're going to discuss in a few weeks. Lá vem a velha do Ribeirão, o vestido dela é Godê Pavão, é Godê Pavão, e eu queria ver a menina chora pelo Godê. In Hispanic Latin America, it's often called a tresillo. I noticed that you aren't just playing these three beats with equal intensity, right? No, I'm playing the first two hits muted and the last one open. Ah, so the louder open hit happens at the end of the cycle leading back to the beginning. Exactly. What about the bacalhau? There are variations, but the most common has accents on the third and sixth pulses in the eight pulse cycle. Wait, so the bacalhau plays just before the pirulito? Yep. One common variation is to play the primary pulses with the bacalhau.
as well as a dozen other variations, including ones that have additional pirulito strokes, but we'll leave those for you to discover on your own. Let's listen again to the refrain of Oyo Aki Genovo and see how the Zabumba works. Listen for that dum 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 rhythmic pattern. Hopefully everyone can at least pick out the accented open strokes on the zabumba that comes at the end of that rhythmic cycle. I noticed that the triangle in the shashadu is similar to and different from the triangle in the shachi that we discussed last time. How so? Well, it seems like the triangle plays the same pattern of open and closed strokes in both rhythmic genres. It does. Close, close, open, close is the pattern. But the shashadu pattern is not swung like the shachi. It's not that all of the notes are equally spaced, but it is straighter than the shachi. Got it. If you listen closely, you'll notice that the accents of the lyrics and the accents of the drums are actually similar. So, for example, the way that the Oyewa Kijinovu, Shashandu, the Shashandu, that shun in the middle of the word Shashandu is where the last hit of the Zabumba is, and they have to correspond in order to sort of make sense within the song. This is actually an underappreciated part of these rhythms. The poetry of the songs has to work with the rhythmic accents. They can't clash. We discussed this phenomenon in episode 8, but it's even more true here. Julien Mendes told us about this. In his description, he's going to compare the chachado to the bayon, which we'll discuss in our next episode. But for now, just know that rhythmically, the first part of the bayon is like the chachado, but it lacks that final accented note. The bayon has this dotted eighth, sixteenth, quarter. It has a dotted eighth and a sixteenth tied to a quarter note. So... And variations of that, of which there are many. Chachado has the same first half, which is... Exception this quarter note from the second half is divided in two eighths, and the last eighth of the bar is accented. You can mark it as tenuto on top, so that is clearly the most accented note. So, while the bayon is the... The chachado is... Also because of this, the melody of the music, or not just the melody, but the poetry too, has to work with this accentuation. The prosody has to work, because if not, if the percussion accents in a place where the words don't have accents, it can get tangled up. So the variations of the bayon, they are interchangeable among themselves. One song could begin as a bayon, and the refrain is a forró, and then it goes back to being a bayon, for example. But rarely you can put a chachado rhythm on a song that is a bayon or a forró. It is possible, but it is difficult. The point here is that 
practitioners of this music recognize that the poetry and the rhythms are all connected. You can't simply put whatever lyrics on a shashado bass and say it's a shashado. This is also true of the accordion accompaniment. It's such a small ensemble, traditionally, so there is a good amount of freedom for all of the players. But that freedom, when exercised by the best players, will follow the guidelines of the song. One chachado that is more famous in this aspect that I'm talking about is Oyeu Aqui de Novo. So, the novo is going to be the first half of the second bar, but if you play it like the novo, the first syllable no will marry with the strong beat. That is, if you sing the melody off, it won't work. The zabumbeiro will accent that note and the phrase won't accent the word on that note. So there is this aspect of the poetry itself beyond the music. So there is also this. Chachado has historically been a tradition connected to the cangaceiros. It is a traditional rhythm from Serra Talhada, which is a city here in Pernambuco that traditionally and historically doesn't have any harmonic instruments. There is a bunch of percussion and people dancing the characteristic arrasta-pé dance on the ground. There are thousands of choreographies. Traditionally, it is staged here. The chachado groups are staged wearing the clothing of the cangaceiros wearing rifles and everything else. So traditionally, there is no harmonic instrument, but the accordion is put into chachado with something more or less like this. check out the lyrics of Oyeu Aqui de Novo, we'll notice that there is almost no mention of Lampião in the Cangaceiros. Just one line where he says, I'm going to show these cabras. A cabra is a goat, by the way. I don't think we actually said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There is a joke here about how Gonzagão is the greatest of all time, but I'm not clever enough to think of it. Okay, work on it. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> so, most of the song is just saying... Watch and I'll show you how to dance chachado. But at the end, the singer calls a number of women, Maria, Luzia, Zabé, Heke, to the party. I don't know if he's calling them to watch him dance, seeing that chachado is traditionally danced to only by men, or if they're going to dance to. But this notion of populating the song with people paints a nice picture. For sure. Let's check out some examples of Chachado not sung by Luis Gonzaga. <laughs> Good idea. Let's start with another song by Antonio Barros, but this time sung by the Pernambucana singer Marinês. We played the Marinês recording in our Fecha Juninas episode. But we couldn't possibly skip her today, as her title is the Rainha do Chachado. Or the Queen of the Chachado. Here she is singing the song of that name. Listen for that characteristic rhythm and we'll explain the lyrics afterward. <laughs> Pra 
there are some things in common with the last few examples. Absolutely. She describes the outfit we discussed, leather clothes, leather hat, he's a cowboy. Then she says, shotgun, knife, he'll stick you with it, he's a kangaseiru. But then things change. Accordion triangles a bumba is for dancing shashado. What a great lyrical structure by Antonio Bajos. We have the three categories related to shashado, each defined by three characteristic items or actions. Makes you wonder why it takes us a whole episode to explain. <laughs> That's true. Then Marinese takes ownership. I am the queen of the shashado. I step this way and that way in my kingdom. No one can penetrate. I love the power she claims in these lyrics. Marinese was a huge star in the mid-20th century. I can see why. I want to jump forward a few decades to listen to a shashado interpreted a little bit outside of the Fajo tradition, if that's okay. Sounds good. Totally okay. Okay, so this is the song Cavalo Jucão, written by Zé Ramalho and performed by Zé Ramalho and his cousin Elba Ramalho. Chasha! Corriam os anos 30 no Nordeste Brasileiro Algumas sociedades lutavam pelo dinheiro Que vendiam pelas terras, coronéis em pés de guerra, viados e cagaceiros E corrida volante no meio da noite, no meio da catinga que quer me pegar E corrida volante no meio da noite, no meio da catinga que quer me pegar Corrida volante no meio da noite, no meio da catinga que quer me pegar. E corrida volante no meio da noite, no meio da catinga que quer me pegar. Na memória da vingança, um desejo de menino. Um cavaleiro do diabo corre atrás de seu destino. Condenado em sua terra, coronéis em pé de guerra, viados e cangaceiros. The characteristic shashado rhythm is quite audible here. It's overlain with some rhythmic accents by the whole band, but yeah, I can hear it. This song, even though it's from the 1980s, really draws on that early 20th century history of the Cangaceiros. Yes, Zé Ramalho is from Paraíba, and these stories were certainly a big part of his upbringing. And they are also important in his music more broadly, even if he's working in a more of a MPB MPB domain than a Fajó one. A cavalo do cão is a kind of wasp. A really mean one, like sting you and it hurts like crazy kind of thing. The first line of the song sets the story in the 1930s in the Brazilian Northeast. Zé Ramalho creates a contrast between the people fighting for money and land, the coronage that we've mentioned, and those on the other side, beatos e cangaceiros. Saints and cangaceiros. And it seems that the protagonist of this song is in the latter category. He's running all night in the sertão, and they are trying to catch him. In this context, the upbeat shashado mixed with the frenetic accents of the band really brings out the, that mad dash atmosphere. It feels like someone running for their life more than a party dance. 
Absolutely. Because the Hamali is working with this song form outside of the Fahot tradition, he can play with the meaning a little bit. He's not restricted to describing the dance moves, so he takes inspiration from the connection with the Kangaseros to create a more dramatic piece. Another singer who took a similar approach, though maybe even further removed from the musical roots of the Shashado, is the singer Lenini. That's true. Lenini is a Pernambucano singer whose career started a decade or so after Zehamalho. Let's check out the song Cangieiro Encantado from his 1997 album O Dia em Que Faremos Contato. Faz parelha com quem é de traição Puxa o facão, risca o chão que sai centelha Porque tem vez que só mesmo a lei do cão É lampa, é lampa, é lampa, é lampião Meu candeeiro encantado Meu candeeiro encantado Some of you are probably wondering how this is a shashado. I admit that it might just not be one. I might be putting more into it than is actually there. Maybe. But even though there's no zabumba, if we listen to the guitar in that opening section, we can hear that doom, doom, doom rhythm. I also think it's fair to interpret this as a shashada because of the lyrics. That's definitely the clearer connection. Lenini sings, Up in the sertão, a macho cabra doesn't kneel and isn't confused for a traitor. He pulls out his machete, scrapes it on the ground, and sparks fly. Because sometimes all there is is the law of the wild. This is more celebration of the toughness of the cangaceiro. Yep. And in the chorus, he sings, É lampe, 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 lampião. Meu candeeiro encantado. He is Lampion, my enchanted lamp. Lenini is using a play on words. Lampion means oil lamp. Apparently he got that nickname for lighting things up with his weapon. Great. Yeah. And candeeiro also means lamp. Lampion and the cangaceiros are the ambiguous folk heroes they've always been. <laughs> Be 
before we go, you promised that the Gal Costa song was actually relevant to our discussion. I was hoping you would forget about that. Oh. <laughs> no, no. I Hopefully I can pull this off. Well, you'd better or I want a refund. <laughs> Fair enough. So in case you've forgotten, Sebastiana sounds like this. But that's not the first version of the song. Originally, it was written by the Pernambucano composer Rosio Cavalcanti in the early 1950s and made famous by Jackson do Pandeiro, a singer from Paraíba. His version is the one I know. To start with, we do have that reference to dancing shashado in the lyrics. And you think that a song that references the shashado would be a shashado. But we've seen that this reference can be separated from its context. In fact, in a lot of places, this song is categorized as a koku. I can see how a koku and a shashado might get confused, because they both have that characteristic 3 plus 3 plus 2 rhythm that we pointed out. Right. And if folks want to know more about that, they only have to wait a few episodes as we have some things in the works on koku already. Stay on track, Skylar. <laughs> okay, sure. I'm planting seeds. <laughs> okay. That's fair. <laughs> so if this rhythm of 3 plus 3 plus 2 is characteristic of the shashado, as we've shown, why would it be confused for koku? Well, actually, the shashado and the koku are both based around this 3 plus 3 plus 2 rhythm. And unlike the shashado, which many people wouldn't be able to identify or, or tell you what it is, the koku is very famous for having that rhythm. There is one additional thing, which is there is a ganza or shaker part here that is more reminiscent of koku than of foho. Right. In Shashado, the lore, that is, all the references to Lampion and the cabras and whatnot, is more the focus. Exactly. Now, we know about the lyrical reference to dancing Shashado in the beginning, but there's also another one. Sebastiana is dancing out of rhythm when suddenly the protagonist takes over and shows her how to do the dance. At that point... Quote, the shashado heats up in the ballroom and Sebastiana doesn't miss another step. But that's kind of weird because the shashado is not a couple's dance. Totally. But it's not really about the shashadu. It's about how the shashadu paints a picture of a particular environment. Right. Ah, so in the context of the Tropicalia movement, we'll get to that eventually. But if you want to research it, there are some great films. And Christopher Dunn's book, Brutality Garden, is indispensable. Anyway, in Tropicalia, the shashadu and this song are representing northeasternness. But it is a northeasternness mixed with the sound of rock and roll which was relatively new. Now who's off track? 
the people want to know who's Kyler. <laughs> Fair enough. The point here is that this song, Sebastiana, speaks to how this word shashadu has become part of the Foha constellation in a way that's not often dissected. Totally. But let's actually confuse things even more. <laughs> if we must. <laughs> Listen to Jackson de Pandeiro's version again and then tell me about the rhythm. <laughs> Yeah, that's not a shashada. What is it? It's a bayou. So, we have a foho that's about a shashadu that many people confuse for a koku, which has famously been interpreted as a rock song, here being played as a bayou. Okay, wow. That's confusing. All right. <laughs> but I think we have the tools for picking it apart. Speaking of which, should we explain how we know it's a bayou? I say we devote an entire episode to it. Let's do it. So, if you want to know what makes a bayou a bayou, Please tune in next time. I'll be there. Me too. <laughs> See you then, Juliana. Esse foi massa. Masa is written, produced, and edited by Skyler Weldon and me, Juliana Cantarelli Vita. Special thanks to João Paulo Hacvita and Julinho Mendes. For episode transcripts and links to further reading, please visit our website, Esifemasa. That's E-S-S-E-F-O-I-M-A-S-S-A dot com. You can email us at Esifemasa at gmail. Follow us at Esifemasa on Instagram and Twitter. Our intro music is by Sonda Massa and our outro music is by Sammy Bananas. Please join us in two weeks as we continue our discussion of Fajó with a dance rhythm called Bayon. Until then, esse foi massa! Multitasking is not a skill. It's a vice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a disease from our generation, I feel like. Are we from the same generation? <laughs> Apparently, I'm a geriatric millennial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes.